We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. We learn more about the leaked, classified documents. Are surely now conducting their own investigation. How did the United States get this information? Montana introduces a law to outright ban TikTok. Here you see a desire at the state level, in this case, taking matters into their own hands and uh, banning TikTok. Elon Musk wades into the business of AI. As fast as he can, he wants to build one of those big, large language models we're hearing so much about. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Monday, April 17th. I'm Mike Scott. We are learning more about the classified documents that were leaked through social media channels by a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman. While the country is still dealing with the fallout due to the potential to hurt not only the U.S., but its allies. A few of the key takeaways are that the U.S. believed that the U.N. was being far too accommodating to Russia, particularly during the negotiations to allow grain to be transported through the Black Sea. Another key takeaway is that Russian officials are mired in a fight amongst themselves— regarding the reporting of those Russian soldiers killed in Ukraine. We also learned that there is a small presence of Western Special Forces operating inside Ukraine, without specifying their activities or location. Plus, the U.S. also had misgivings about Ukraine's chances of success in its forthcoming counteroffensive. Meanwhile, reporter Monica Alba says that while there are still many questions as to how the Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira was able to get his hands on those documents, some are praising his efforts to release that classified information. Clearly, there is a pretty elevated concern here because now there's a major investigation underway to try to figure out why this young airman had access to all of this information. We know, of course, he was an IT specialist, but the question here and what is really a big part of this inquiry is why was he able to be able to access all of this and then in some cases it seems print it and then, of course, post it and distribute it in that chat room with some of his online gaming buddies. So this has prompted major political backlash, as you can imagine, but most have been condemning this release of sensitive secrets. But you did have one Congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, defending Jack Teixeira and essentially saying that what he was doing was patriotic. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina condemned what he believed was Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's praise for the 21-year-old Air National Guardsman who was arrested. What they're suggesting will destroy America's ability to defend itself. That it's okay to release classified information 
uh, based on your political views, that the ends justify the means. It is not okay. If you're a member of the military intelligence community and you disagree with American policy and you think you're going to be okay when it comes to leaking classified information, you're going to go to jail. It's one of the most irresponsible statements you can make. Cybersecurity attorney Robert Katana says that, in his opinion, there is no way Teixeira got his hands on that classified information all by himself. There's no way they're going to give a 21-year-old access to this. And if you just look at the basics of how he got these, he, he folds them up and takes pictures. That's a glaring breakdown in basic security protocols. And there's there's one the three things are going to happen. Number one, heads are going to roll. There's no way this individual should ever have been in the same room right. as those papers. And you know that that will, and I'm sure that's why the investigation is a little bit tight lipped because they're going to try to track it down. But th- that's rule number one. Boy, th- this this kid, I'm sorry, should never have had access to this information. Katana believes that the fallout from the incident will be felt well into the future. He didn't do this completely on his own. Someone allowed it to happen. Someone had probably sloppy housekeeping and allowed access to those documents. Um, And the consequences are are going to be significant. But uh, number one, we're, we're now having to do a lot of fence mending with our allies because there's clearly embarrassing information in there. Yes. And and two, and this is this is the the one that we'll probably hear almost nothing about. But our allies who are embarrassed and our enemies who've been compromised are surely now conducting their own investigation. How did the United States get this information? This is a classic of sources and methods of the intelligence community that we that we try more than anything to keep secret. It's not. Think about this. It's not just these documents and information, but we get access to all sorts of documents and information from our allies by friendly persuasion sometimes and from our enemies by by secreting them. But so there's there's a lot of uh, ramifications about this incident that will be felt for, I would say, years to come. Some security analysts say that the leak, while revealing information that may be a month or so old, could potentially assist Ukraine in the war against Russia by increasing pressure to get more Western air defense systems to Ukraine to bolster their defense. Four people have been killed and multiple people injured during a shooting at a birthday party Saturday night in Dadeville, Alabama. Alabama Law Enforcement Agency Sergeant Jeremy Burkett would only say that four were killed in a shooting at that party. There were four lives, not fatalities, lives. There were four lives tragically lost in this incident, and there's been a multitude of injuries. Dadeville Police Chief Jonathan Floyd says this is a difficult time for the small community. The city of Dadeville is a tight-knit community full of wonderful people. I ask you to please keep our community in your prayers. I ask you to keep my police department in your prayers. And I also ask each of you, please do not let this moment define 
what you think about the city of Dable and our fine people. Superintendent Raymond Porter says the tragedy will be addressed with students when high school classes resume. I also want to offer a word of encouragement to our parents. We will have counseling provided for students at the schools tomorrow. We will make every effort to comfort those children and don't lose sight of the fact that those are the ones most impacted by this situation. This comes as another mass shooting has been reported by police in Louisville, Kentucky. Police say an unidentified suspect fired a gun into a crowd of hundreds, leaving two dead and four wounded late Saturday night. There were no suspects in custody immediately following that shooting. Montana may be the first of many states who may approve a bill that would essentially ban the popular social media app TikTok. The bill was approved by a 54 to 43 vote. Lawmakers are passing a new bill in just the last hour that would block new downloads of TikTok. This is the most aggressive step yet by any state against the very, very popular app that is owned, of course, by ByteDance. That's its parents' company um, with links to the Chinese government. To be clear here, it's not like you have to delete TikTok when you cross into Montana. So if you're flying to Bozeman, like, you're fine. But if it is not on your phone already, Montana wants to stop app stores from letting you download it. In recent months, federal lawmakers have been pushing an act that would ban TikTok across the country if ownership led by ByteDance won't sell its stake in the viral video app. Now, customers in Montana won't be fined if they fail to abide by the ban or evade it, but companies including TikTok face a $10,000 fine per violation if they're found to have skirted the ban. Reporter Sahil Kapoor says that there are still many questions as to how a ban like this would be implemented. There are big questions already, including from uh, many of the critics of this bill as to how this piece of legislation could actually be enforced. They do seem to say that if you already have it on your phone by the time it takes effect, which is early uh, next year, early in 2024, then it doesn't really apply to you. That could be a whole lot of people. Do they just get to keep it? Uh, What about people from out of state? You know, you alluded to this. If you already have TikTok on your phone, or let's say you just leave Montana and download it and come back, is that okay under the rules uh, of this bill? And what about those who use a VPN, who appear technically uh, to be in a different location than they are? These things are legal. These devices uh, can be legal. And if they do that and download TikTok through uh, the use of a VPN, does that violate the the, uh, particular bill in Montana if if it were to become law? While we haven't seen much movement on a ban of TikTok on the federal level, Kapoor says that Montana simply took matters into their own hands. It's notable. This is the first of a kind bill uh, happening in a state. It happens as the federal government has been dragging its feet. Lawmakers in Congress have been talking about doing this for a while. They have not taken any action. And here you see a desire at the state level, in this case, uh, a red state, taking matters into their own hands and uh, banning TikTok. Kapoor highlights that if a federal ban were to come down, it would most likely look different than this state ban. 
The federal government has enforcement tools that a state like yeah. Montana simply doesn't. Sure. They have diplomatic tools to deal with foreign countries that Montana doesn't. So any ban uh, that you know could potentially pass through Congress would look different than than uh, what's happening in Montana. I think there may be some lessons in terms of you know what happens in the legal battle. It looks pretty clear that this is going to be challenged in court. What judges and what the courts say. Maybe it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court about uh, free speech protections, First Amendment protections. Looking ahead. Kapoor says that Congress is unsure how to tackle the question of TikTok. On Capitol Hill, there are a number of different approaches here that have been suggested by those who want to ban TikTok. And it's not clear what, if any, has consensus to pass right now. There are those who want a narrow uh, bill that simply bans TikTok, or at least aims to ban TikTok and doesn't do much else. There are others who say they need to deal more broadly with the issue of foreign uh, tech foreign apps. And there are others who say uh, you can't just go uh, can't just go at TikTok and foreign control. There has to be a broader privacy piece of legislation. So unclear what, if anything, Congress is going to do. Now we might see more and more states try to copy this. The social media app has released a statement saying, in part, quote, the bill's champions have admitted that they have no feasible plan for operationalizing this attempt to censor American voices and that the bill's constitutionality will be decided by the courts. We will continue to fight for TikTok users and creators in Montana whose livelihoods and First Amendment rights are threatened by this egregious government overreach. End quote. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was joined on stage Friday night by a protester. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on how the activist tried to crash the party. The governor was speaking in New Hampshire when two female protesters charged the stage chanting Jews against DeSantis. DeSantis was unfazed and responded by saying, quote, you got to have a little spice in the speech. You got to have a little fun. Why you'd want to pay the ticket just to get in to do that? I don't know, but different strokes for different folks, end quote. DeSantis has yet to announce a 2024 Republican presidential bid. The event was the New Hampshire GOP's largest fundraising dinner of the year. Tasha Stevens reporting. It was a chaotic weekend in the city of Chicago where 15 were arrested after large groups of teens gathered and two teens were shot near the popular Millennium Park. Chaos breaking out in downtown Chicago on Saturday night as hundreds of young people crowded the streets. And the video coming from this shocking, showing massive groups jumping on cars, causing tourists to flee the sound of gunfire. Two teens were hospitalized after they were shot in all of this. This local reporter lays out details of the damage caused by the mob violence in Chicago. Large numbers of young people crowding the area of the loop from Michigan Avenue to Clark Street and could be seen jumping on parked cars and smashing windows. Two times groups of teens were also seen punching, kicking and stomping on someone on the ground. As chaos unfolded Saturday night, it was enough to disrupt traffic and CTA service. Officers flooded the scene, attempting to control the crowds. In the midst of it all, shots were fired just after nine, leaving two teens injured. A 17-year-old boy was hit in the leg and a 16-year-old boy was shot in the arm. And this isn't the first time this weekend police have responded to a massive group of teens. Hundreds took over 31st Street Beach Friday night where a 14-year-old boy was also shot. Patrick Gibbons, a local activist, says that crime in Chicago is getting out of hand. 
There needs to be more respect for our police officers. There needs to be more law and order. The punks outside in the street, they don't care. They can do anything they want. Bill Morton of the Rogers Park Chamber of Commerce says that Chicago police need more funding and backing. Need to give the Chicago Police Department the funding and the resources that they need to take care of this crime in our communities. Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson also issued a statement saying, in part, quote, In no way do I condone the destructive activity we saw in the Loop and Lakefront this weekend. It is unacceptable and has no place in our city, end quote. Johnson went on to say that, quote, it is not constructive to demonize our youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities, end quote. According to reports, billionaire Elon Musk is now stepping into the world of AI. The Twitter CEO is developing plans to launch a new artificial intelligence startup to compete with chat GPT maker OpenAI. Reports now suggest that the Tesla chief is assembling a team of AI researchers and engineers. Musk is also in discussions with a number of investors in SpaceX and Tesla about putting money into his new venture, said a person with direct knowledge of those talks. According to that source, quote, a bunch of people are investing in it. It's real, and they're excited about it, end quote. Richard Waters helped break the story. The editor at the Financial Times says that with Musk getting into AI, he's getting back to his roots. The tech industry has been on this incredible tear on AI. Uh, Musk has decided you know, he really wants a piece of this action. Uh, as you say, he's set up this company, XAI. Uh, we're reporting that he is out looking for investors. He's talking to some of the same people who backed his other companies, backed his Twitter bid. Um, he's hiring as fast as he can. He wants to build one of those big, large language models we're hearing so much about. He wants to be back in the game. While many may not be aware, Waters points out that Musk was one of the originals trying to develop AI. You know, Musk wants to put himself in the middle of that conversation. But where else does he want to be? So as you say, he was one of the original founders of OpenAI, one of the people who got it started. Uh, He fell out with them. Uh, I think it was about five years ago now. Uh, and, you know, at the time he said it was because he was developing in Tesla other forms of AI. Uh, you know, we're hearing that there was a lot of tension that he had with the company, with the board. There were some disagreements about exactly, you know, what AI safety meant, how hard you should push, how careful you should be with some of these things. Um, so he didn't really see eye to eye. He went off on his own. But now he very much wants to get back in there. He wants to build one of the biggest models out, and he wants to be competitive. Waters also says that with the field of AI startups becoming more crowded, what will make Musk's company stand out is his ability to attract top talent. 
I think the, the real question, as you say, though, is, you know, these are called foundation models. They're like the foundations to all the applications people want on top. We already know that there are only three really big cloud computing platforms. Uh, how many big, large language models will there be? OpenAI, Google, Amazon's trying to do it, but a whole bunch of startups now. I think Musk's bet is going to be his name attracts talent uh, he will want to bring in, you know, some of the best engineers to work with him. And he'll say, look at my record. Why wouldn't you bet on me? Many Americans were spending the weekend finalizing their tax returns through online services. But now the federal government is considering a filing system of its own. We get more on this developing story from Washington and Daybreak Insider Jackie Quinn. The tax filing deadline is Tuesday. About 25% of Americans wait until the last minute using programs from Intuit, H&R Block, and other private companies that charge for their software. But the IRS is exploring the creation of a government-operated electronic tax return system that would be free to use. A government spending bill last summer gave the IRS nine months and $15 million to report in on how it might implement such a program and how much it would cost. Taxpayer advocates love the idea. Critics have been skeptical about the IRS taking on two roles, tax collector and tax preparer, possibly creating a power imbalance between taxpayers and the government. I'm Jackie Quinn. Michigan researchers say they found the wreckage of two ships that disappeared into Lake Superior in 1914. And they hope the discovery will lead to a third vessel that sank at the same time. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more on this story from one of the deepest freshwater lakes in the world. The steamship C.F. Lewis was towing the schooner barges Selden E. Marvin and Annie M. Peterson across Lake Superior when they sank on November 18, 1914. All 28 people aboard were killed. The researchers found the wreck of the Curtis during the summer of 2021 and the Marvin a year later within a few miles of the first site. And finally, sometime today, Elon Musk's SpaceX will launch the world's biggest rocket with the hope to kickstart a new era of space travel for all. The FAA clearing the historic launch of what is Elon Musk's most ambitious project, a massive rocket that he hopes will one day transport humans back and forth to the moon and then to Mars. Launching from Boca Chica, Texas, a challenging prospect. If successful, the Starship spacecraft will someday ferry Japanese billionaire Yusaku Maezawa around the moon along with eight other artists. For the past five years, Musk has tested and tested and tested this cutting-edge space transportation system. Musk wants Starship to blast off into orbit and return to the same launch pad. He envisions daily trips back and forth to space. If he succeeds, this will go down in history as the start of a new era. While Musk is excited for the launch, he does caution that there is still a chance that the rocket may not succeed in reaching its goal. I'm not saying it'll get to orbit, but I am guaranteeing excitement. It won't be boring. I think, I think it's got, a, I don't know, hopefully above 50% chance of reaching orbit. Early versions of the rocket crashed while trying to land four times before finally landing upright in 2021. 
The towering first-stage rocket booster, dubbed Super Heavy, will soar for the first time. Eric Ingram, a commercial spaceflight expert, says that if this launch is successful, it is a new era of space travel for mankind. If this launch goes well, it'll be huge for the space industry and for humanity. This is initiating capabilities that we haven't seen before as a species. For this demo, SpaceX won't attempt any landings of the rocket or the spacecraft. Everything will fall into the sea. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. 